we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, three years now, and it's been uh, nothing but lies, lies, and lies. And so it's been over three years. Of course, the planning for the COVID pandemic has been uh, operational for the last 20 plus years based on the evidence and more and more is coming out uh, talking just about that. And so in talking about the beginning, Jordan, uh, where did the virus start? So interestingly enough, I mean, there's some uh, really interesting stuff from Robert Malone last week in terms of him looking at this. Um, There's some documents that came out in 2021 looking at Diffuse, which is D-E-F-U-S-E, which is a DARPA program, or it was a it was an application to get grant funding from DARPA, which is a defense program. And it was interesting that a lot of those documents, of course, the people submitting them were Eco Health Alliance, and the most of the research was going to be done in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, DARPA turned them down because of concerns of gain of function, uh, but. It was interesting that if you look back through those documents now, now that we have actually pretty good access to them and had somebody kind of um, get rid of some of the, they actually were never classified in any way. They just weren't really available. Um, It is a military person, a Marine, that's basically at a fellowship kind of looking through all the documents available to him to figure out exactly uh, where uh, this started. And interestingly enough, he makes the argument that it seems like what actually was happening was uh, in some way, this was a way to inoculate bats, as in the spike protein had been attenuated or uh, kind of reverse engineered in some ways uh, to make it where they could go to these caves and smog them and uh, allow bats to be, uh, to not carry, weird enough, um, SARS-CoV-1, like the original SARS. So it shows you again a little bit of our hubris where we're trying to mess with nature uh, in a way that, that supposedly is going to benefit our medical, um, our, our medical or <laughs> medical health, human health. Um, but <clears throat> it makes some really good arguments. Uh, and it's not that crazy to think that this was what was done. I think in the end, uh, they applied to DARPA. DARPA said no, but I think they went to the NIAID, um, which we all know who's in charge of that. Um, and I think that's probably where their funding came from. And, you know, it really kind of sheds the light on why this vaccine per se is so different. Uh, and it also kind of suggests why this uh, disease is so different, because it's probably just a, a vector, an aerosolized vector for inocu- you know, inoculating a uh, a group of, of people that need to be inoculated. So meaning uh, it is a virus, but it's it's a respiratory virus by creation, not by um, not not by uh, its actual, um, you know, it, it, the purpose of was to be able to smog a bunch of caves 
and have bats get exposed to the spike protein so they wouldn't carry um, uh, SARS-CoV-1 and then cause a human outbreak. I know that's kind of reverse of what um, we thought, but it doesn't really change the fact that it's gain-of-function research and it's a lab leak, but it is kind of interesting to see maybe what they were trying to do, uh, which, again, uh, wasn't even really allowed, but, of course, they did it anyway. But um, so... And they knew this, meaning even the EcoHealth proposal states when they were talking about this, that a vaccine approach lacks sufficient epitope coverage to protect against quasi-species of coronavirus. Consequently, they were trying to make vaccines work by targeted immune boosting via vaccine inoculators using chimeric polyvalent recombinant spike proteins. The nature of using a spike protein vaccine with one epitope against a spike protein vaccine with quasi-species may explain the unusual and potentially detrimental antibody response amongst the vaccinated to the new COVID variants. Fundamentally, the knowledge the proposal provides signals that the risk of antibody-dependent enhancement from vaccination should be evaluated with high priority on top of the reality that single epitope vaccines will have little effect against SARS-CoV WIV, which is their kind of chimera, as indicated in the proposal. So again, what I just, it sounded like a lot of words there, but what I just read to you was straight from their proposal. And it's exactly what happened, meaning these spike protein vaccines are potentially detrimental and they actually don't really, you know, they have a single epitope response, which is unusual. You would want a polyvalent or um, response. So the reality was they kind of knew that the vaccines had one purpose and it wasn't to actually (laughs) to use them as a vaccine. It was to inoculate, um, kind of really transfer certain parts of uh, the spike protein and get it to where bats could um, already have this exposed so they wouldn't share it back with humans. Of course, um, I'm not sure if we're just stupid or um, really, really arrogant, but the arrogance seems to be. None of that makes sense at all. Number one, the the, the fundamentals of this, like we've been saying for years, is that uh, literally years now is what uh, Michael Yeadon of uh, Pfizer fame said. Uh, in 2009, they discovered the spike protein was a toxin to the human body by itself. Why in the world do you want to uh, protect uh, protect any uh, animal against um, this virus by using that as the platform? The spike yeah, it, it goes on to say, if this is the case with SARS-CoV, uh, Wuhan IV, which is their kind of chimeric virus, then the mass vaccination campaign actually performs an accelerated gain of function for it. Since it's designed for bats off of a human susceptible SARS-CoV-1, vaccinating humans against it actually gains its function backwards toward a more de-attenuated human susceptible form. Yeah, <laughs> so right. actually he goes on to talk about kind of this, you know, what what the worry was. But again, um, I mean, it's not surprising. And we're about to share uh, some testimony from Martin Carey. Um, the NIAID, NIAID, was definitely uh, part of this. And it's why, first of all, that Fauci himself had no interest in including Redfield in any of these discussions, even though he's actually the person that's Redfield being the head of the CDC at the time. He's the person that's actually uh, responsible for the CDC, not Fauci. But Fauci took upon him himself to basically kind of run quarterback because he knew that it would all lead back to him. And I think that's what's happening right now as the books are open. There's probably a good reason he he retired so quickly. Yeah, I think that uh, 
I said this two over two years ago that Ma- that Fauci will be determined to be the biggest mass murderer in American history, maybe in human all of human history. But uh, it is certainly playing itself out. Um, and along those lines, it shows <clears throat> uh, the, the new emails uncovered by House Republicans. And that's an amazing statement. I'm reading an article today um, from yesterday, actually. Um, new emails uncovered from House Republicans. Now, why is this a Democrat-Republican thing? It's just an evil, evil game that's being played is all that tells me. Uh, and they well, again, were- it just goes you back. Uh, Fauci's a smart um, cookie in regards to how to play the games. So if he right. makes it political, he gets half the country to be in his favor, regardless of whether they should be. That's a good point. Yeah. And so they were probing the 19, it's COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and it talks about how deceptive Fauci has been. He's a little too smart for himself. He, <clears throat> because these new emails that he knew would never come to light because of the, the uh, scam he's been running for 40 years up there. Uh, he prompted or commissioned and, ha- and had final approval on a scientific paper written specifically in February 2020 to disprove the theory that the virus leaked from the lab in Wuhan, China. Eight weeks later, Fauci stood at a White House press conference alongside President Trump and cited that paper as evidence that the lab leak theory was implausible while pretending it had nothing to do with him and he did not know the authors. Exactly. That's what's so crazy. He actually literally said, I don't know who the author is. I'll check it. He knows exactly who the authors are. Um, He's trying to be too crafty by half, meaning like your kid, it's it's your childish um, kid doing the same thing. Well, I don't know who you're talking about, you know. So it was four written. It was written four days after Fauci and his NIH boss, Francis Collins, held a call with the four authors to discuss reports that COVID-19 may have leaked from the Wuhan lab and, quote, may have been intentionally genetically manipulated, end quote. And uh-huh. what, I'll, what I'll do is just, we're about to play Marty McCary. Marty McCary talks about this, but uh, what you won't be surprised of is that those virologists became quite wealthy um, within a four-day period, uh, not necessarily they themselves, but in terms of their research. So here's Marty McCary talking about it. Thank you, Congresswoman. The reason this is even an issue is that it's embarrassing we funded the lab. If we had not funded the lab, 100% of Americans would say this is obvious, this is a no-brainer. The epicenter of the world is five miles from one of the only high-level virology labs in China. The doctors initially were arrested and forced to sign uh, non-disclosure gag documents. The Lab reports have been destroyed. They've not been turned over. The sequences reported from the lab to the NIH database were deleted by a request from Chinese scientists that called over early on and said, delete those sequences we put in the database. And two leading virologists, maybe the two um, top virologists in the United States, Dr. Michael Farzan from Scripps and Dr. Robert Gary from Tulane, told Dr. Fauci on his emergency call in January of 2020 when he was scrambling soon after learning that the NIH was funding the lab, they both said that it was likely from the lab. 
both scientists changed their tunes days later in the media, and then both scientists received $9 million subsequent in funding from the NIH. It's a no-brainer that it came from the lab. I mean, at this point, it's impossible to acquire any more information, and if you did, it would only be so, a front Again, there's Marty McCary kind of, again, hitting home the points that, you know, actually, you know, up until, I guess, uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter, and then more information coming out, you were considered a conspiracy theorist uh, to even a spouse. So, like uh, Fauci said, all the conspiracy theories have proven true. Yeah, exactly. It is, um, you know, and that, that's where, you know, we're starting to really, you know, push. Um, and I think that the, the downside of this, again, and I think I, state that for my profession is, is as a profession, not me individually, not you individually, Stuart, but as a profession, um, the trust that was placed in these people um, allowed them to really cause untoward damage and havoc to the populace from people that probably went into medicine to not be, you know, to not be the person advertising a way to harm others. Um, and I think that's that's where you all of a sudden realize how evil um, this is, because when you are in a trusted position like Fauci was, you at least identify your conflicts of interest. Because if you have a conflict of interest and you're making decisions for other people, um, you probably need to uh, recuse yourself. But he was the ultimately conflicted individual, yet he was also the uh, purveyor of what they had said was science. And so. Um, at that point, what, what science turns into is, is a cover-up job for someone who's, uh, who's uh, basically past actions are at the center of, what, um, of what's going on. Yeah. So, and, and, and medicine is going to pay for it. I mean, I think the pharmaceutical industry will pay for it. I think uh, trust in science will continue uh, to have an issue. Uh, at least medical science or health professionals, because um, uh, if you can't, if you think that every prescription or thing that is being done in medicine is to cover up somebody else's rear, um, which at this point, it looks like that's what all this was done for. You're, uh, I mean, that, that that's a uh, bad outcome. Yeah. And uh, they knew that, that once again, to everyone who, Anyone who might be new to joining us here on America Out Loud Pulse, uh, we have been saying these things because it was so self-evident from the beginning. And <clears throat> what what this ultimately is goes to is uh, how is our culture so broken? It's such a horrible thing, such a vile, horrible, wicked, evil thing as this virus that has been imposed on humanity, largely by our country. <clears throat> And uh, China, the CCP, were complicit with it um, in a major way, no question. But uh, how did our culture get this broken that uh, we refuse to accept the truth that is so uh, is undeniable? Uh, the fact is we have to go back to the fundamentals of who we are as a culture to be able to uh, get out of this trap because every time you turn around, and this is a major issue. People might want to gloss over it. The media certainly does. But 
we cannot gloss over all of the damage that we, our country, the, the grand old U.S. of A., has been implicit in. And um, we have been implicated in every part of it. And uh, Fauci is the one that's been the face man for it. He has been the one who we have been paying to do all this dangerous stuff uh, for the last 40 years. And uh, his wife, let's remind everyone, his wife is the director of ethics for the NIH's clinical division. Uh, what a farce. What a, if, if these two are in charge of ethics, then you get to the point where we are today. Ethics matter. Ethics matter. And if we think that we can get, uh, get around that reality, uh, we'll just keep playing stupid on one subject and issue after another one. But yeah. uh, I think, um, and, and, and at our own um, peril. I mean, well, you know, I think, I think medicine uh, is a great profession. It's a profession that, that relies on the trust between the patient and the physician. And once that trust is broken, you know, advancement of medicine is going to be very hard to do. Uh, because uh, if you question what your doctor's saying to you, um, your you know the ability for us to move forward and get new treatments and and actually help people is uh, is is compromised. So again, this is Dr. Jordan Vaughn, Dr. Stuart Tankersley, America Out Loud Pulse, always one beat ahead. Uh, we will be back. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. 
a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. So in other news, one thing that we have recently seen is that more people are getting, finally, the lawyers on board. And I think, obviously, in my world, when lawyers get on board, uh, there are good lawyers, but most of them are interested in the payout. So when lawyers are starting to line up to help people, um, you start to realize there must be something that is going to have a large payout on the other side. And I think uh, that's what we're starting to see with a recent uh, $3 trillion false claim uh, lawsuit against Pfizer. And basically the whole purpose of the lawsuit is that Pfizer was contracted to deliver a safe and effective vaccine to prevent SARS-CoV-2 infection. And that is not what they actually did. So, you know, if that's the point, the contract itself that promises the delivery of a safe and effective vaccine under FDA law, it actually states that it's going to be delivered, it's going to be safe and effective, and it's going to be able to prevent SARS-CoV-2 infection. And it says that more uh, than half a dozen times within the contract. And it does appear that Pfizer did not uh, fulfill their contract. I think most people would agree right now that it, you know, safe and effective is in the eye of the beholder sometimes, but there's no doubt that compared to other vaccines, it's not. The other thing is it is still just an EUA vaccine. It's not FDA approved that you can get it, meaning the actual EUA vaccine is the only one available to us. They have not in the U.S. manufactured the actually FDA approved vaccine that you could get. And so in a sense, what Pfizer has done is basically given the uh, the the statement that this is what they're going to provide. And in the end, uh, that's not what they did. So um, I think that is a great point to show that Pfizer, in a sense, with the FDA's help, has, uh, you know, been less than honest or they claimed falsely uh, to what they could do to the U.S. military and ultimately to the American people. Um, And I think that is going to be an interesting thing to figure out in court. Now, um, as we've already seen, a lot of these judges and since it's very technical and, you know, sometimes the judges are not up to snuff on what is actually going on here. And that's probably just like Fauci, Fauci in a testimony hearing per se, it's they're able to obscure the truth by just stating a lot of gobbledygook because a lot of what we do every day, Stuart, is, um, you know, you can make people very confused very quickly with the right vocabulary. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. But um, yeah, so yeah, this uh, this came out of that trial. Brooke Jackson uh, was the Pfizer whistleblower who was up in arms about how uh, disastrous these clinical trials, the integrity of the clinical trials. And this is the uh, Pfizer has sought, and I think along with the FDA, 
have sought to um, get this case dismissed multiple times, been obviously dragging their feet, dragging their feet, because this kind of trial will do something that I've been predicting for over two years, and that is finally we're going to get to the point, we're going to finally get there where evidence, evidentiary hearings uh, are undeniable, and uh, we're going to get the access to the documents, and uh, people are, good Lord willing, um, several hundred people are going to go to prison, and they should be hung like they were at uh, after World War II. But uh, this was Brooke Jackson's attorney, um, $3 trillion, and they certainly didn't. And this is an interesting article that uh, none other than uh, Karen Kingston put out. She's been a wonderful light to truth for the last three years. But um, 10 reasons to criminally charge Pfizer in court. And uh, everything they've done has been wrong, I guess. And there, there he is, Alberta Borla. What a fool veterinarian. Um, he's been in charge of all this for Pfizer. And, of course, Bill Gates from Moderna. But both of them are implicated in this case. Uh, looks like uh, another article I read recently showed that it looks like, and it's not surprising, that the payload that is in the Moderna vaccine is so much more than that in the Pfizer and the J&J &J that, uh, as might be expected, it looks like they have a higher risk of adverse events. Um, but both of these companies should be put out of business. Uh, and really, the people that have tried to make money off of them the last three years should lose their shirts because this is, this is just egregious. But uh, another thing that uh, in uh, tagging on to that, there's a substack by another by another fellow Alabamian, Bill Rice Jr. out of Troy. Uh, he has written on his substack. He is a part of the uh, Blackstone Group Writers Group, and uh, he wrote the these five institutions allowed great harm to be inflicted on the world because uh, they did not search for truth, and they are of course the journalists journalism scientists, science organizations, and public health organizations. In my speech last week uh, in front of the Mississippi State House, I said it looks like the public health is public enemy number one. Um, three was academia. Four is agency or officials of government. And five, this goes to this case, trial lawyers and plaintiff law firms. Because Major trial lawyers in Alabama have been uh, supporting the narrative. And uh, I think of one Jerry Beasley who sent out uh, these missives, several long uh, letters talking about how he was supporting uh, several positions that have proven to be uh, untrue and false. And these trial lawyers uh, do not uh, apparently want to get to the truth. But they're going to be fine. I hope that uh, we can find several that are not affiliated with the deep state, if you will, with the swamp. I hope we can find some that will represent the truth, uh, like Jackson's lawyer, hopefully. Uh, because I'm afraid that the trial lawyers, the big, the big mules and the trial lawyers will uh, cut a deal with the hospital association, uh, hospital association and the 
pharma and allow them to get off the hook in order to, but they'll make it look good, of course. But that is a concern of mine because uh, this is so evil and nobody deserves to be let off the hook that's been complicit with this. Um, but I thought that was a good article by Bill Rice Jr. So, yeah, I, think, I think the main thing is is that at its core, when you're talking about something that you're, you know, spreading to the whole world to get, and then actually from the podium of the White House, really threatening as well as mandating people get. Um, your knowledge of what you're telling people to get should be impeccable, meaning you should know everything about what this thing will do. And that's the problem. I think that, again, goes back to what we were talking about in the last segment is the trust in medicine is was accumulated over time by doctors being honest and forthright in the patient-physician relationship. If that can be um, can be used, which it was, to uh, push through and abuse people, because once you get trust, uh, trust uh, can be utilized to undermine and uh, thwart um, what is normally the proper um, avenue for getting things out in communities and how you treat people. So, I think again that goes back to you know whether it was. Fauci co-opting the word vaccine and the word vaccine had, you know, given this kind of illusion of safety because we're just taught that they're safe uh, all the way to the fact that uh, if your doctor's telling you to get it, even though your doctor's being mandated to get it, which is funny that they had to mandate doctors or providers to get vaccinated. Uh, but if your doctor's telling you to get it, it's, it's got to be safe. Uh, well, why would you have to mandate the doctor to get it if, uh, you know, <laughs> if, uh, if, if, you know, the very person they're telling you to go ask doesn't have a choice. Um, so that's never a good, uh, never a good sign. So I think that, again, kind of the whole thing unravels a bit when we start talking about how uh, what is classically done in medicine was pushed on, um, on society uh, versus what most people assume when they're in their physician's uh, exam room is done in medicine, which is it's a conversation, it's an analysis, it's a weighing risk and benefits, and then it's coming up with a personalized treatment that's best for you. And uh, the problem is, is those are at odds when you talk about um, what you would call these public health um, pushers. So, you know, that's that to me is where we've got to get back to where even at the public health level. Uh, an individual's um, uniqueness and their unique medical history is also accounted for, or we're in trouble. No question. Um, so much has been done wrong. The Biden White House uh, a couple of years ago put out the 10 biggest misinformers and number one on the list, I think, is this guy named Dr. Mercola. Mercola. And he has written an interesting book or an interesting article about the uh, biggest lies of this pandemic I think we need to go through. 
in the next segment or something. But um, everything having been done, this is not a surprise to the regular audience that everything the the government has been done. Their public health is public enemy number one. They have not provided um, honorable service to the citizen. But um, shameful is yeah. the word. I'm so it'll be interesting to see how this does in court. I am, um, you know, the the other thing is is you also got to look at Pfizer historically. I mean, I'm not a. Um, you know, I think the pharmaceutical industry is a needed thing. I think a lot of things they develop are really cool. Um, I think we need them in pushing uh, the, uh, you know, the understanding of health and treatments for it. Um, the problem is, is just like every other thing, when uh, their power and their influence is unabated, uh, they uh, show themselves to be just as corrupt as every one of us, <laughs> meaning that we're all human, we all have uh, sin nature, we all, you know, there go I is kind of my classic, uh, you know, somebody starts talking about somebody else, you know, I say, well, you know, in, in the right circumstances, without the grace of God, there go I. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 the, it's, it's the problem is, is that uh, when government regulators, as politicians, government regulators, as well as industry team up together. Um, there's really no way to stop that, as McCullough would call it, that freight train. And that freight train is uh, likely, when it's uninhibited, going to uh, barrel through rights. It's going to barrel through lives and it's going to cause immense damage until it's stopped. So it's like a bear, a bull in a china shop in a sense. So, Yeah, and, and it just, you know, one lie begets another and begets another and begets another. I think it was interesting this weekend, um, Matt Staver of Liberty Council was interviewing Dr. McCullough. And I didn't think about this, hadn't thought about this, but I wondered why did that doctor from Pfizer who was caught on Project Veritas, why did that fool, why didn't they get rid of him? Why didn't they fire him or uh, why did they support him actually? Uh, the next week, Pfizer came out in support of him. Um, and I think they made a good point on their on their interview. It is to protect themselves. They they can't let this guy become a whistleblower. Huh. Yeah. They fool. They are fools for having allowed a fool like this in, uh, in a high-ranking position in their company. Yeah, and that, again, goes back to... Uh, you don't want to be on you don't want to be on the side of having to keep everybody on your side uh, because <laughs> the usually that it, that proves that the truth uh, probably isn't on your side because if it's truth truth is um, is easily defensible uh, versus um, versus lies I think uh, not I'm not saying that always happens I mean some people keep people on their side for other reasons but when you talk about um, you know people especially who um, embarrass themselves uh like he did uh it's uh, it's sad when you have to keep them in your um uh, in your uh support group because <laughs> uh because you know at the end of the day you can't have anybody revealing what would be the truth because but if the truth's on your side that worry is not as um it should not be as big an issue 
So, all right. Well, again, this is Dr. Jordan Vaughn, Dr. Stuart Tankersley. We will be back uh, and then we'll talk about that Mercola paper uh, in the next segment. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse with Dr. Jordan Vaughn. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley. Once again, going, uh, reviewing more and more and more of the lies and deceptions that have been the greatest catastrophe in our country's history. Uh, about COVID. Um, last week, a week ago, we were uh, with Dr. David Calderwood of Concerned Doctors. He and I were over in Mississippi with Dr. McCullough and Thorpe and 15 other um, providers and scientists. Uh, fascinating two days. And I think uh, this latest article from Mercola looks at the overall catastrophe and just itemizes several of the issues that are going on. I think we should uh, just quickly review. We could take hours doing this, I'm sure, but uh, is 
in the next 15 minutes if you want to review these and just give everybody an overview. Um, lockdowns, social distancing, school and business closures, universal mask wearing, use of face shields and plastic barriers, travel restrictions, the use of PCR tests to diagnose infection, the choice of treatments and the safety and effectiveness of the COVID jabs. All these countermeasures were based on a combination of lies, fraud, and or willful ignorance. Flatten the curve. What a lie. That, it all started with that one, I guess, or the fact that the virus was uh, from bat, I guess, was the first lie. But, uh, yeah, Jordan, this is a, a pretty good review. Yeah, I think it's uh, very much kind of exposes. Um, uh, I mean, I, I would say how science is susceptible to political narratives, uh, which it shouldn't be. Science, obviously, is observation uh, that is backed up with you know phenomena or facts that come from that observation. Uh, the problem is, is, and I think a lot of people discovered this. Uh, I mean is when you mix science and politics, what you really get is a, a pseudoscience. Uh, and it's a science that has winners, losers. It has, uh, you know, essentials, non-essentials. It has, uh, you know, I'd say it's kind of the classic example of the difference between biological sex and now what they're calling gender. It's like, you know, it's all of a sudden something that is fundamentally true can you can add some kind of pseudo political science on top of it, and what's true all of, it, all of a sudden becomes very murky, and if in fact sometimes the opposite of what's the truth. So, I think that's pretty evident in all of these things that they're really, you know, they utilize the word science and they utilize scientists um, and doctors uh, to purvey uh, stuff that had very little backing. And if you mentioned that it had very little backing, uh, you were uh, chastised. You were thrown out of the club. And I think that's where, I guess, the mob mentality and the <laughs> kind of, uh, as humans humans do, um, it's it's just against, we're, we're very much a mob, mob kind of uh, uh, grouping. We like to group together in groups of people that agree with us, even if the the science is, uh, or the, the reality, the facts on the ground are different than that. And I think, um, it's a form of tribalism. Yeah. We're exactly. not, uh, not allowed to, um, question authority. Because and the uh, problem is, is what science or what medicine was allowed to advance with was the fact of openly wanting to question authority or what we would call consensus or the previous, uh, thought process or established paradigm. Actually, there's a book by Thomas Kuhn on um, how scientific revolutions happen. It's from the 60s. But basically, uh, scientific revolutions don't happen in the ivory towers. Uh, they actually happen outside them because uh, paradigm shift requires a uh, a thought to be established and researched that may is inconvenient for the holders of the ivory tower positions usually. So and I, th I think that's more than evident now, but the things that they are talking about 
uh, as he kind of wrote, you know, that you know, lockdowns were good, uh, had no, you know, they were going to help with the infection rate. They weren't going to be that harmful. Um, we know now uh, whether doesn't really matter what you think. We know that the uh, life expectancy has gone down significantly. We also know that birth rates have gone down significantly. And all of this, uh, you could we could argue why, uh, but it's got to, you know, the impact of what was done the last three years, whether that's vaccines, lockdowns, you name it. Uh, we have to live in a world where we actually have consequences to the actions. And those actions... Uh, were sometimes actually supposedly supposed to not interfere or make these outcomes not uh, not likely. Instead, they probably made them likely and exacerbated them. Yeah, so. everything they've done has been wrong, and we deserve we deserve that as a culture um, because science is you're not supposed to be afraid of truth. You're not. We should not be uh, threatened by truth. Truth is uh, that which is consistent with reality. That's the classical definition. We as scientists should not be afraid of what the truth is. Yet we've not been allowed to go down that uh, path. And any time you did challenge the truth, you were shot down. Um, you know that uh, having to hire a lawyer to defend yourself a couple of years ago against that, as well as anybody. But uh, everything they've done, wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah, even even in that case, it's just crazy because you're talking about something at that point that was uh, was unknown. Whether well, I mean, I pretty obvious that wearing a mask for my five year old, uh, wearing a mask in kindergarten, uh, probably didn't have a good outcome, but. Uh, I'm not sure how somebody could say I was wrong when there was no evidence on either side at that point. Because you know, no one had ever tried it. <laughs> I was just there stating the obvious that I think this probably isn't a good idea and we shouldn't do it until we actually know what the what the harms are. So, um, yeah, and but you had to defend yourself against. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that wasn't even that was just asking questions. I mean, yeah. God, God forbid you ask questions. Yeah, I can't believe uh, the doctor from UAB, well-renowned, of course. Uh, yeah, he, he knew. I was like, <laughs> how do you know? This isn't knowable. Yet. like a good idea. Well, yeah. good idea. Well, there's a lot of things that seem like good ideas throughout history that have killed a lot of people. <laughs> right. Well, of course, the goal of that was to promote um, fear. Yeah, yeah, fear is what gave them all their power and control. Yeah, it's a, um, in some ways, it goes back to why, (laughs) why a lot of things in in, uh, professions, why uh, judges wear robes is because to give them an air of superiority, why doctors probably still wear lab coats is not because there's that much evidence that they do good, good, but it establishes who they are. And there's actually people's physiological characteristics change when they see the coat itself. Um, this is, again, goes back to uh, some of the stuff we do in medicine. It is not necessarily science, but psychological. So, yeah, And, and again, placebo effect is quite useful in medicine. So, and the not, reverse not to say that it's not powerful. It's very powerful. And the reverse of that is fear. Yep. Uh, what, <laughs> if you walk into a, a person, I mean, I, 
before this would never have considered walking into a person's the exam room with a person with a head cold and just drilled into them the need for fear. I mean, that's just such a bizarre concept that we bought into. Uh, yeah, I, fear, fear, fear. I feel like uh, medicine, um, the reason that it was I was attracted to it was it's helpful and it's hopeful. Meaning yeah. Yeah. The, goal, the goal is not to tell people how they're going to die, but instead help them live. Yeah. And you've talked about it and you've read the books about how this uh, illness directed uh, system called healthcare has not been directed toward health as much as it has been toward illness. Exactly. And, yeah. It, this has revealed itself now. The truth of uh, what we've designed and built for the last hundred years while having good benefits. Yeah, we, there's, uh, an, there's a need for an acute, scam. Well, there's an, a need for an acute resolution of certain things. Like we need, um, we need people need coronary bypasses or stinting of their, you know, uh, LED. But uh, they also need to figure out how to how to live after that. You know. Yeah. So I think that, that the problem in medicine is we're highly advanced in acute care, but we don't know which way's up when it comes to treating complex diseases over time. And I think that that's even more obvious now with long COVID and vaccine injury as well. Yeah. Sure is. Um, it's not, not something that, that just pops away. Yeah. A couple of things I wanted to bring up for the coming weeks that we might, we might want to consider uh, uh, discussing is <clears throat> We need to look into each community and start calling out the names of those who have been uh, supporting this disastrous catastrophe. And so um, people that like your local uh, hospital CEO, chief medical officer, uh, how a doctor was ever, ever bought into remdesivir uh, is just unconscionable. But we might want to start naming some names. And uh, that'd be they would be examples to those uh, around the country that are listening to us. They need to start looking into who has done this to them locally. Um, uh, of course, your medical uh, associations of each state. You have local people, um, doctors that are on that. They have been promoting this. Of course, the state health officer. Um, but we need to start. Calling out the names of those who have done such have been so performed so egregiously, um, yeah, that might be an option for us in the coming days. Another thing, I, the other thing, last night I was watching several interviews with Marcus Luttrell, um, lone survivor, the uh, Navy SEAL who survived uh, horrendous. How he was saved, and he admits it: only God could have saved him from that awful. Uh, escape from the trap that the Taliban had put him in. But uh, well, we need to get the fight. We need to get in fighting mode and uh, take no prisoners. Uh, they have been that way toward us to the death of over a million Americans. We need to get a fight in us, people on our side, that these people there at the top 
we need to force them to uh, uh, repent, uh, hopefully to repent, but to acknowledge their egregious actions that have done such harm. Oh, of course, the uh, uh, education association leaders who have promoted this, that horrible Marxist woman that's in charge of the National Education Association, uh, and every state that's promoted these things to the detriment of our children in future, every one of them needs to be called out by name. And uh, I think that'd be worth, those are a couple of things we need to be considering going forward. Exposing those local. The other thing is, I think, as we, I mean, I, I am not against in any way them, you know, again, we, we are all are wrong. Um, so the question is, 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 is calling them out and calling them out to say, it, let's just admit to your um, malfeasance. Meaning like, I think, and that doesn't mean that there's not room for um, forgiveness and repentance. But I think the problem is, is a lot of this is just going to be brushed under the rug until the next issue. And it'll again be forgotten, just like Fauci's stuff was forgotten. Uh, right. What he did during the age crisis. I mean, it was just, he just kept his head popping back up. Even the, and no one had ever held him accountable for his um, his original issue. Yeah, that, that and I think we can end with that. This note: um, the Bible gives us three missions of the local church. One is to tell the truth, to, to preach the word without reservation. Number two is to dispense the sacraments. Number three is accountability. And clearly, the churches of America have lost forgotten, not engaged in that third, well, the first and third uh, priorities. With that, uh, look what happens. The rest of the culture goes south. uh, Fauci never had accountability. Uh, Collins never had accountability, obviously. you know, um, UAB, uh, my forefather, Lister Hill, some called the father of UAB, uh, he was in charge of the HHS committee in the Senate and, and directed a lot of uh, grants toward UAB. And that's what promoted it initially. But then you get the scam people like uh, Richard Shelby, our former senator, thank God he's gone way too long and happening. But anyways, uh, he was very instrumental in a lot of the uh, funding of people like Colin, that his good buddy Francis Collins and Fauci. Uh, they need to repent. These fools that have been, uh, have done such damage. This has been generations in the making and a guy like Dick Shelby uh, certainly was one of the uh, Keys, you know, he's this is the same guy who was in charge of the Senate Banking Committee in 2008. So, I mean, uh, what do you expect when you have fools like this in charge? Uh, and I hope that there, there is repentance and, uh, and we can start moving in a different direction in our country and especially in medicine at large. Well, again, this is Dr. Jordan Bond, Dr. Stuart Tinkersley with America Out Loud Pulse, always one beat ahead. We will talk to you next week.